Welcome to Fearless Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Rolando and we're on episode 292. Yeah, 292 in the bag. Here we go. And uh, it's going to be a good one because, you know, when we talk to people about reselling, uh, when we, you know, whether it's friends, family, or just people in general, you know, there's a lot of scam side hustles that you can find on TikTok or Instagram. So when it comes to reselling, a lot of times people have fears. Is this something I can do? Uh, and a lot of the fears that we hear and that are very common are actually relatively unrealistic. It's fears that um, can be easily just like explained away that these aren't things you have to worry about and there's ways to overcome these things. And so today we're going to be talking about uh, some of the most unrealistic fears that people have and and for reasons, right? There's reasons why people fear these things. Now, but we're going to be talking about them in depth and why as a reseller, you don't have to fear these things. And if you are a long-term reseller, let us know in the comments below, what are some of the common fears you hear uh, people when, when they, you talk about reselling or if they talk about maybe getting into it uh, and what were the fears you had when you first started reselling and how were you able to overcome them? So the reason this episode came up was you know, I always get these videos on my recommended on my YouTube. So, you know, we have different, everybody has their own YouTube channels, right? They have like the personal one or maybe they have their business one. So we have our Pure podcast one, which is all reselling stuff. And I always, I don't know why, but I recommend it to always like I've been banned on eBay or eBay held my $4,000 or a scammer got to me or there's nothing to buy anymore. Reselling's dead. Yeah. Like, you know, Click all these bait. clickbait titles, right? Yeah. And so if if you're new, you're looking at this stuff and and you might click on a video or two, but you're like, wow, like this is pretty overwhelming. And you do hear in the reselling community sometimes. Uh, and, you know, over the years, I think we're now going to enter year five, I think, of the podcast. And there have been a lot of resellers that who became influencers and now they're not even influencers and not even resellers. I mean, there are some that aren't even resellers, but are influencers, but that's for another day. And so I thought we would just touch on some of these. I titled it Unreal, but I think Unrealistic sounds better. Yeah, Unrealistic. That these like are real unreal. fears. It's unreal reselling fears. <laughs> All right. So we'll start off with, this is the one that I, I get a lot from new resellers. And I see these a lot on TikTok about scammers and that there's too many scammers. It's not worth reselling. Yeah. And one of the reasons why these types of things is it's good clickbait is We've all at some point in our life probably been scammed or know somebody who's been scammed. Yeah. Right. So we can all resonate. And in some ways, it's almost like reaffirming when you see like, this is a common thing. Lots of people are being scammed. Mm -hmm. And what that does is it blows up the, the problem into thinking that everybody's trying to scam you. And or someone thinks it's a scam and it's not a scam. Exactly. Yeah. And, and you're giving up a good opportunity because, you know, you think. And, and here's the hard part. If, if you're brand new to something... Um, there are going to be scammers, but typically there are very common scams. Uh, and once you are aware of those two or three common scams in whatever niche or field you're in, uh, then they're pretty easy to avoid. And they're really, when I say common, it's those are the ones that, that you'll run across, but you're not going to run across them every day in your reselling. You know, for example, it's very common if you're doing things on local Facebook uh, marketplace or if you're on OfferUp to have people who are selling something for uh, unrealistically cheap price, you know, a car for $500 or a, for me, I, when I was looking up trailers, that's a good example. Like trailers were going for the size I was looking for three to $4,000. And all of a sudden there's one for $800 and it's like pristine condition. And then in the description is like, email me. And like the email is like all broken apart. And then, you know, because if you go through a few more, you'll find another one just like that, a, a different trailer. 
and the pictures all look professional. And then there's always some long story of why, you know, this is being sold at this cheap. And then there's the the process. So you're going to have to pay this much money and then it's going to get shipped to you. And all. so once you're aware of those, then you, you're not even looking at those listings. Or if you're the seller, if somebody's reaching out to you and trying to do something funky, you kind of are like, yeah, no, this one I'm not going to worry about. But it, it's not like it happens all the time. No, and, and you see it a lot. Like, and, and there's some obvious ones, right? Like somebody gets, you know, sent back on a return a brick, right? Or, you know, somebody is trying to pay. And like you said, they're trying to get you off the platform, right? They're trying to get you to call them or Venmo them or email them. Like those are obvious scams. And if you're a new reseller, if you're on eBay, even on Poshmark, even other platforms, you will get slammed with a bunch of scammers because I'm not sure why, but somehow they're able to identify people that are brand new, maybe because of the feedback and automatically you're going to get those messages, but they go away. They go away. And if you are to be scammed, right? If you've been selling a lot, it's going to be a very small number. It's going to be one out of a hundred or one out of a thousand. I can tell you my 10 years of reselling, uh, I've had maybe two or three scammers. And usually the way the scamming work is that somebody had... For example, one time they uh, they bought a DVD recorder for me and Amazon returns. And we'll talk about this later on with returns. Amazon returns are pretty much uh, non-negotiable. You have to accept them. And so, you know, this is an FBA and it's sold. And, and sometimes you don't get those FBA returns until like 30 days later, 45 days later. So I got back uh, the DVD recorder and it was a VCR. <laughs> I was like, what? It wasn't even working. And obviously I got scammed. Right. This person thought nobody was going to check that it wasn't going to be a big deal. And so I contacted Amazon and, you know, I sent a message and eventually they reimbursed me for that amount. And I was OK. So just because you lose your money in a scam, chances are you can get that back. Now, obviously, you want to be careful with high end items and and luxury items. And that's for a whole nother podcast. But the chances that you're going to get scammed are pretty slim, especially if you, you know, use some kind, you know, common sense, right? The easiest way is if they're trying to get you off platform, that's a scam, right? If, if somebody's trying to offer you more money than your item is worth, that's probably a scam. If it's a Nigerian prince offering you traveler checks, probably a scam. Just throwing it out there from my old Craigslist days. You remember those? Oh yeah, um, I used to get hit with those every single time I posted something on Craigslist. Oh yeah, you get those like, in moments. Well, and the sad thing is, is I know people who, in the past, have been actually taken advantage of by those, and people who still believe in those. And so they they do exist, but that's they exist everywhere. Whether or not you're doing, you know, you take the same risk. Like if you think when you're buying something, if you had a brick and mortar, you're doing the same thing. Yeah, you're always taking those risks. All right, our next one is the fear of getting suspended. Now, this is definitely overblown because. Is there a chance that you're selling something on eBay? You're not aware you're breaking a rule. Um, I mentioned CPAP machines in a previous episode and somebody actually reached out in the comment section and said, hey, you should try this other website. You can sell it through them. Uh, and so I'm going to look into that because I still have a machine I want to sell. But I've tried to list it and then was told by somebody like, hey, you can't do that. And I've had other listings pulled down for things. You're not going to get suspended if you make a simple mistake, whether that's on Amazon or eBay. If it's a small thing, you're going to get a correction. There might be a, a hit to your account in some way, but suspensions usually occur when there's significant error on your part or an ongoing error. You've been warned not to do something and you continue, you proceed, you continue to do it. And so unless you're trying and you know, like if, if you're really worried about suspensions, you might need to check whether or not what you're, you're doing or selling is actually uh, okay to do. Because yeah, if you're trying to 
be in the gray area and you're going around and doing some shady things, there is a chance you'll get suspended if after you've been warned, you continue to do it. Uh, but I, I, I know people who've been suspended and it's typically because of an ongoing thing. Now, there are times where it's like a mistake, where there was a miscommunication of some kind. And again, those things are resolved, just like we talked about with the scamming. If your account is suspended for a day or two until things are resolved, it's not going to be the end of the world. Your eBay business, your Amazon business isn't going to completely collapse on itself. Yeah, I would say the word there is egregious. Right. Like it really has to be you're aiming to, you know, go around the rules of the, of the terms of service and you're consistently attempting to break the rules. And I remember in my early years of reselling, uh, you know, I'd, on YouTube, I'd hear people getting suspended on Amazon or eBay. And they're like, yeah, you know, Amazon's terrible. They locked up $45,000 or whatever. And later, as you know, we we're doing the podcast, it's weird because you get to know people on a different mm -hmm. level, right? Kind of behind the scenes and you hear stories and then you find out like, oh, actually, they were trying to sell something as new on Amazon that Amazon had clearly stated you can't because you don't have the warranty and they continue to sell it. Or, you know, somebody had received, uh, you know, a season desist, a season or, or like legal paperwork saying you can't modify an item to sell on eBay. Uh, here is the, the, the patent rights to this item. And then you're like, oh, well, yeah, OK, that, that makes sense. Like eBay wasn't going to put, you know, their business at risk of a lawsuit from a huge company. And so. You know, you see those videos like I got suspended from eBay. You know, they they gave into a company again, especially if you're in the secondary market. It's really hard to put yourself into that situation. You know, Amazon, you know, whenever you sell newer stuff and, and when you sell, I would say, high end stuff, you run a greater risk. But even the risk is pretty small as long as you're trying to follow the terms of service. So I'm going to yeah. jump ahead. Wait, hold on. I want to oh, real quick add, add to okay. this. So um, one thing I want to clarify with a lot of these things is I'm sure some of you in the comments, in fact, I'd love to hear your story if you've ever mm -hmm. been suspended because there are going to be exceptions, right? There is going to be the exception where you did everything right and something still went wrong. But the key there is it's an exception. Uh, the The problem is in our, in our society, you've heard sayings like the squeaky wheel gets the, the oil, Squeaky or, wheel gets grease. Yes, yeah, squeaky wheel gets the grease. Things like that. That's basically what we're talking about here in the sense of when somebody's really upset about something, they're going to tell their story loud and often. I've never been suspended and I'm not posting every other day on YouTube and Instagram. I still haven't been suspended, still not suspended. So all it takes is the one in a hundred or yeah. one in a thousand where it did happen to. It might be rare. But it happens to them and then it shows up and it also happened to some, another person, one in a thousand. So two in a thousand people it's happened to, let's just say, just given those numbers. And they've made four videos about it and they posted all these posts. And that's what you're seeing a lot of. And it's like, oh, maybe this is more common than it actually is. So it creates almost a false sense of this is common. So it, I'm not saying it doesn't happen. So if you're listening and you've been suspended, please don't say we're, we're saying that you did something actually purposely wrong. And you were at fault because you might not have been there. Are I just think there's always more to the story. Usually. But that's where I land on this. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Usually there is going to be more, but there's going to be exceptions. Just like anything, there's going to be rare, rare exceptions. Yeah, you're right. Because I saw a headline the other day. I was looking for stuff to discuss on our one of our future podcasts. And it said like eBay glitch suspend sellers. Mm -hmm. And I didn't read it because it was pretty old. But I guess it's possible, you know. Now, I want to tie that in. I'm going to jump down. This was later on our list. But, you know, a lot of people have the fear of getting sued. Mm. Or getting sued by companies. Now, it does happen. There are stories. There's, uh, for example, there's, I don't know if it's a famous story, but there's this lady that was selling a lot of Patagonia and Patagonia actually sued her 
uh, for selling uh, new Patagonia. Uh, there's other individuals that had been selling other brands and, you know, they ended up getting sued. Now, there's a difference between a cease and desist letter and getting sued. Okay, so cease and desist, you know, if you saw on Amazon, you probably have gotten one at a certain point in time. And usually it's, it's it's somebody that works on their legal team in that company and it's just a boilerplate message and it's sent to you and they want you to you basically contact them and tell them how you're no longer going to sell their product and what you did with the product and whatever. They want you to self-report. And I know a lot of resellers that get those and they just toss them and they ignore them. So that's one avenue. Uh, the other avenue is, for example, I've received a few over my my time of reselling. I haven't received one like in two years though, but uh, I I did get them and I just pulled all my inventory. I just I didn't contact them. I didn't say anything. I just pulled all my inventory. I'm like, hey, it's not worth it. It's not worth it having to find an attorney and battle it. Uh, and so everybody has their own perspective on it. I'm not here to give legal advice. So I just want to make sure you guys are aware that I, I do take them seriously. But again, if you're selling on the secondary market on eBay, unless you're distorting the brand. So for example, Louis Vuitton or Chanel or, or some of those luxury brands, they're very big. They don't want you, for example, taking uh, Louis you know, handbags or, or fake ones or whatever, and then creating a Louis jacket out of it. Or Louis pair of shoes or or Chanel. There's somebody I saw, I think it was like on TikTok or something. Uh, they were taking like Chanel perfume and they were making travel sizes of it and selling, which I thought was pretty genius. Right. But Chanel doesn't want their items being represented like that. And so, you know, there's a chance of lawsuit. And so if you if you, you know, you're wise about it and you understand that, you know, certain things aren't worth <laughs> a lawsuit. You back off or you you recognize that just some brands, it's it's just not something you want to deal with. And so chances of, of getting sued are kind of on the same lines of being banned is that unless you're really pushing the envelope, uh, it's pretty minimal uh, that you'll end up in, in a lawsuit with a company. Yeah. In fact, I, I would say in a lot of ways, it's probably uh, it's probably even less likely to be sued. I mean, I think of back in the day when remember like Napster. Oh yeah, yeah, the or like days. or or LimeWire, where you could like download music, um, or bit, uh, torrents became the big thing. You know, you would download movies, and, and it's funny. I never trusted torrents. I could do Napster and LimeWire all day, but torrents, I wouldn't yeah, touch. Torrents are actually probably the much safer option there. Uh, but <laughs> the thing is, you when you read on forms on those things, because again, that's a gray area of you know, well, like it's somebody else's thing, and they're just let me borrowing it, or are they letting me borrow it? Am I stealing it? ISP providers, internet service providers. If you weren't using a VPN, and you know, back in those days, almost nobody was using something like that, you, your ISP could find out what you were doing. And nine times out of ten, if you were caught, you'd or probably more than that, ninety-nine out of a hundred, you'd get a letter, basically the same thing: stop, mm. stop doing this. We see this suspicious activity. Stop, because the the lawsuit, a lawsuit for a company, the amount of money that they have to spend on lawyers and paperwork and fees. So unless you're the one like in charge of the website or you're the one like distributing tons of things like that. So same thing with this. If even if you do something like that, you're going to get a letter telling you to stop before you have to deal with a lawsuit uh, unless they're trying to make an example out of you, which again, it's it's going to be very rare that that you're the one they make an example out of. Now, it's going to happen to somebody. It may happen to somebody, but chances are it's not going to be you. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Hey, before we move on, I uh, just want to discuss our our latest endeavor, which has been awesome. It's been our Discord. Uh, 
And so our Discord continues to grow on a daily basis. And so it's been great to see people jump in. Uh, and again, uh, a way to get connected with our Discord is to uh, sign up for Patreon at patreon.com slash podcast and you can join there there's different tiers uh, lowest tier only costs you 18.5 cents a day that's 555 a month and allows you to get onto the discord and it's it's been incredible because you know our discord is not a bolo group it's not a cook group and we keep saying that all the time but it, i i even it even gets reinforced more when you know i'm on there and i'm having conversations with people about like shipping or we're discussing you know certain bolos or we're discussed and not not bolos as far as like hey these are things to look out for it's kind of like all right hey this might be one this might not be one you know this is how you should price this bolo this is how you should do the research on this one and just having a lot of great conversations so as i've always said it's a thriving community so if you want to join us on patreon not only just to support the podcast but to also get a little bit of extra of community uh, every single day you can go over to patreon.com slash pierce podcast link is below and you could sign up yeah did you want to add any more to that no i mean the discord has been great uh it's it's been awesome and we have a lot of people on there and honestly many of the people on there are just kind of lurking which is perfectly fine like you said like i've i've part of groups where i kind of do the same mm -hmm, thing mm -hmm. uh so if you're like hey i don't really feel like i have enough knowledge that i want to share maybe every once in a while i have a question you can still join and be part of the community and just watch the interactions that are happening you're going to learn a ton there's a lot of the conversations that i'm not involved in like somebody asks a question or says something and I see two or three people jump on and there's a big back and forth that's been happening for several hours. And I'm like, yeah, I don't necessarily need to jump on this. It's not like I have anything new to add. But wow. I learned a lot reading this. And so even if you're like, you know, what, I don't, I, I'm not sure I want to like put myself out there in that way. You can still join the discord and, and just, you know, gain information, yeah. learn lots of things, but we love how many people are participating. Cause it definitely, like I said, we've got people who are experts in Pokemon cards, experts in, in brick and mortar stuff, experts in consignment, experts in books, experts in, and so people are answering questions cause they've been there. They've done that. They've got the experience. Uh, so it is a great community for sure. Agreed. Agreed. All right. So this one is, I, I think something that is holding back a lot of sellers and I will just go out there and just say, I don't know a lot of high level resellers that do not accept returns. Right. And it's interesting because maybe there are, let us know in the comments. You're like, Orlando, you're dead wrong. I make six figures and I don't accept returns. Let me know. I want to know. So you're saying the unrealistic fear is too many returns. Correct. Or that, or that afraid you know, to do returns. Yeah. People are just, afraid. you know, there's this fear that, oh man, if I do returns, I'll get scammed. I'm going to lose money. I'm going to get more returns and I get sales. And that's just, it's not true. I mean, unless you're like listing five items a month, you know, but if you're consistently listing, you're trying to grow your business, uh, opening up returns. I'm not even saying free returns. I think free returns are even better, but let's just, you know, let's take baby steps, right? Let's just do, say you do 30 day returns. Chances of you getting slammed with returns are pretty minimal. And, and we do have previous episodes on how to avoid that. You know, obviously the expectation is that you're taking solid pictures, accurate descriptions, uh, you know, key listings that actually, you know, are honest about what you're selling uh, and that you're doing a great job of customer service, then, you know, chances of you getting returns are slim. And even if you get returns, if you're a top rated seller, you can do partial refunds. I mean, there's different avenues to protect your account too. But I just find that there's this huge fear about reselling and, and, and returns even still. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think, I think one thing to just think of it, simple math and, 
Worst case scenario, you run it for a few months and if the math doesn't add up to you, you can turn off returns. Maybe the niche you're in, it doesn't work. But if your returns go up by 5% or 10%, but your sales go up 30, 35%, it's a huge win. You're mm-hmm. still winning. So uh, definitely doing returns. And if you're if you're in the middle, like I feel like I'm in the middle on that. I don't do free returns. I do returns though. And some of the returns I pay for, some of them they pay for depending on the circumstances. And so that is definitely an option is just do returns because you don't have to offer free returns in order to get the seller protections. Uh, you don't get the, you know, as many benefits as if you do free returns, but you still get those seller protections as long as you offer 30 day returns. And you'd be surprised at how many times just having that creates an extra sale and how many returns people ask for that by the time they realize like, Oh wait, I have to actually like go through the process of returning this. They never end up returning it. So even a lot of the return requests don't end up turning into actual returns. Even when they're mad. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's weird. I've had some mad ones like, this shirt was terrible and looked nothing like the picture, which is totally not true. And then they never return it. So anyways, just, just try it out. I, I can say, and if you, if you're somebody that listens to podcasts and I've had people comment on Instagram and also on some of our YouTube uh, podcasts from the past, if, if you were influenced by us to do returns and you saw it boost your business, comment below so others can see that we're just not <laughs> saying this out of nowhere, that there's truth behind it. All right. Let's talk about this. Not enough inventory. Like there, there's there, and I would say I had this fear. I've, I've, sh- I haven't shared this in a long time, but before I went full time, uh, I had, I had, you know, these kind of trial runs where I would spend like a, you know, a week of my Christmas break, and I would say I'm going to function like a full time reseller, and I'm going to source every day. And so for a week, I sourced every day, and I just didn't find a lot of stuff, and I was, I had this fear, like, oh no, like. If I go full time, I'm not going to have enough inventory. The problem was not that there wasn't enough inventory. It's just that I didn't know enough. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I didn't have enough knowledge of what to source. And I didn't have enough knowledge about the different avenues of resourcing. Right. And so, you know, there's so what are some of the favorite avenues you have of resourcing? Um, yeah. Of sourcing. sourcing. Uh, uh, well, I mean, garage sales obviously is my number one, but I also have been doing really well on local. Uh, and some of the niches that I'm involved in, I, I, I've got my safe searches, things pop up. I'm looking for certain things, certain keywords, and I'll make trips and pick stuff up. And a lot of times, a, bit, a lot of my big bulk deals come from those. Uh, and like I said, in previous episodes, the nice thing with local deals like that too, is you can oftentimes, hey, do you have anything else to sell? Mm-hmm. If you notice that they're selling, just give an example, of, uh, if it's baseball cards that you're after and they've, they've got, you know, 10 baseball cards and like a lot that you're like, Oh, this is a good deal. I can make money on this. Chances are they've got either other baseball cards that they might be willing to part with or other baseball memorabilia because they're probably a baseball fan. And so you can oftentimes make big bulk deals even off of a single listing on offer up. And so I love sourcing that way. And then even eBay sourcing off of eBay has been very profitable or Poshmark. or Poshmark, yeah, Absolutely. So there's definitely a lot of places you can do, whether it's you're actually driving somewhere or you're sourcing off the internet and you're just letting stuff come to you. Yeah. I mean, there's the bins, there's flea markets, there's the swamp meat. There's so, there's just so many avenues. So many, I mean, there's auctions. I mean, Mike and I don't do auctions at all and we probably should, we're probably losing money not doing auctions, but there's so many avenues uh, to source. So definitely it's an unreal fear. The idea that there's not enough inventory. 
All right. Hey, uh, before we move on uh, to our next section that is highly regarded, I wanted to share with you that another item that we truly love, uh, you know, purchasing and that's AmericanBubbleBoy.com. And AmericanBubbleBoy.com has been great. Uh, The other day I had to get, you know, I actually bought the recycled one, the recycled bubble wrap. And it was just like the, the new stuff. I mean, it was just the same and it was cheaper and they actually had a deal at one point that deals no longer there, but I think there's still a discount. And so if you want to jump on there, go AmericanBubbleBoy.com. Obviously, uh, if you're new, there is that discount for us. Uh, Pure as a podcast is the word you want to throw in there. All one word, lowercase, pure as a podcast. But if you're a repeat uh, person, just use our link anyways. It lets American Bubble Boy know that we sent you. Uh, helps us out a little bit. And, and you get a great product. Free two-day shipping. Sometimes next-day shipping. Sometimes local pickup if you want it. Uh, check out AmericanBubbleBoy.com. Yeah. Here real quick, do you have the audio ready for our I do. I was week? working on it. So okay. if you're watching the YouTube and uh, I wasn't trying to be rude by uh, looking down at my phone several times, but we have a really good hustle of the week uh, call in. So I wanted to get that. Well, before you did that, up. I wanted to talk about our social. I was just going to give you the time during oh, the okay. social time. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. All right. Hey, if you haven't followed us on social media, make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. We are Pure as a Podcast. On Twitter, we are Pure Hustle Cast. It's crazy how Twitter continues to grow. Right. And get a lot of feedback on Twitter. So appreciate all of you that follow us on Twitter. Uh, if you are wanting to give us a call like the individual today from France, but none the least from France, you can give us a call 619-738-1170. That's 619-738-1170. It is a Google voicemail. You can leave us. I think it's a, a two minute message on there. So make sure to be succinct uh, and we can play it on air, you know, as a hustle of the week. Or if you got a question or uh, maybe maybe we'll allow a rant or two here and there. We'll see. Oh, yeah, we should do a rant section. Call in and rant about eBay. You know, you opened the rant section in the Discord, and I'm like, I think it was great. It's good. It's so good for morale. Why are rants good for morale? Absolutely, it's so good. I mean, if if that's all you do and stay in there, but it's definitely good to vent off some frustration. Why is this happening? And other people go, I feel the same. You get some camaraderie there and, uh, and yeah, it's good. All right. Also, you can uh, shoot us an email, which one of our hustle of the week is an email at purestpodcast at gmail.com. That's purestpodcast at gmail.com. And if you're listening to the podcast and you have not caught us on YouTube, jump on over. We're slowly, slowly getting to 10K subscribers. So do us a favor. Come on over, hit subscribe, hit that bell button to get notified and like this episode. And last of all, grateful for all the iTunes reviews. I do have more storage on my my phone, but I don't have the podcast app downloaded. But we'll download it while I talk. That's how awesome so, my phone is. So uh, next episode, we'll we'll go over some. You, you want to do it now? No. All right. All right. We'll see how far my Wi-Fi is slowing down. No, it's there. See? Anyways, but hey, if you have not, please jump on over uh, to Apple Podcasts. It helps us out in the algorithm because it allows people to know. Uh, how we're doing and by the fact that you write, you know, hey, appreciate this podcast. You know, this is what I like about this podcast. And, uh, you know, give us a five star review because that really helps us out. And when you put the search, we know we're doing better when we're in the in the in the top three. But we could read like we could read two of them right now. See how fast was that? All right. That was quick. I, we, we haven't done this in a while. So what if no one's written anything? What if it's if we've been dead for no? Actually, we got stuff from. Yeah, we have a few. OK. So this is from Kent Berlin. Kent Berlin, thank you. Kent Berlin said, great quality chemistry. We have chemistry, Mike. Yeah. Information and bolos. Refreshing to hear actual resellers not hiding behind YouTube personas. I do appreciate that. You appreciate that about us? I, I <laughs> No, what I, that, the recognition of that, oh, because honestly, that. man, like sometimes 
it's sink or swimming reselling, right? And I've had I've had a couple, you know, rough months here and there. And and I we do not make money on YouTube revenue. I want to repeat, we do not make money on YouTube revenue. Well, well, there is there is a dollars that come in, but yeah, we we cut a check like every six months. Yeah, a, a very small literally one. every six months. Yeah. So when you say we don't make money, to be clear, money does come in, but it's not enough. Dude, that, it is. That I wouldn't even I wouldn't even tell my friend like, hey, I made money. I on make YouTube. more on a garage sale morning. Oh, I make more on <laughs> one garage sale. Yeah, for okay. sure. I uh, said learned a lot and plenty of inspiration to keep on hustling. Highly recommend a plus 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 podcast eBay. Well, thank you so much. Uh, let me read a couple more here. Uh, this is from, uh, let's see here. This is from Rowinu, Rowinu and said, I appreciate the time thoughtfulness of the items discussed in each podcast show. I highly, highly recommend listening to these guys. They're funny, witty, and knowledgeable. Thank you, Orlando and Mike. And see all these reviews that when you put details in there, it helps because there's Ooh. so many recently podcasts. Did you hear that? They said we're funny. Um, tell my wife that so I'm trying to still trying to convince my wife that I'm funny. Uh, I've almost got her convinced. So, okay, I'll read one more. Uh, the reason I, I push for this because it helps people know, hey, this is a podcast I want to listen to. Uh, somebody said, uh, this is from Mar Beefen. Uh, said, I just want to thank you guys for the effort you put into this podcast. It's my favorite podcast and I listen religiously. You guys are awesome. Thank oh, you. Man. Thank you. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, honestly, the reviews, uh, we, we can't say enough how much we appreciate that. Uh, between the Patreon and Discord and then reviews, that's really what it is that's able to keep us going. Uh, the financial aspect from Patreon, the the community of Discord, and and you know those of you on Instagram and YouTube, you know we're able to talk in comments, uh, and then the reviews like that that it really provides us like that we're doing something. It shows us that what we're doing matters to somebody. Uh, and there's times where Alana and I are like, man, this is a lot of work. It's but been then five we, years yeah, now. And then when we read somebody saying that you know it's it's they enjoy it they it's made a difference in their life it it makes it worth it it makes us want to keep going so thank you if you haven't left a review yet um even even if it's just stars that that even that alone that you take the time to do that it means the world to us and it keeps us rolling so thanks again all right are you ready for some hustle of the week come on hustlers it's the freaking hustle of the week yeah all right we're gonna play this first one right yeah, we're going to play this. Give me a second. And, and this is from an international listener. I always love hearing from international uh, because it just says, hey, what we're talking about is applicable worldwide. That's right. So are we ready to roll? Give me a second. All right. So this is actually a repeat Hi hustle there, of the Mike week. Hi there, Orlando. Oh. This is Guillaume Baudouin, the Canadian eBay seller slash opera singer living in France. I wanted to share my latest hustle. I went to one of our thrift chains here in France. They're called Emmaus. For once, I was late to the opening of a shop. I'm usually the first one in there, but this time I was actually about 10th. So I finally got into the store and spotted four boxes of vintage toys, heavily abused, but in their original packaging. These boxes were basically covered in tape and crushed. But when I saw these, I was excited. I knew these were going to be good. I was looking through the comps on eBay and my hands were shaking. One of them was a Micro Machines plane and ship cargo. Another one was a Crash and Bash red car with those crash test dummies inside. Wow. And the two others were Starcom ships and figures. The prices aren't written on the inventory they have at this store as they mostly don't do any research and mainly shoot from the hip as to what they charge you for most items. I handed over these four boxes to the employee who prices the stuff and the guy told me, oh, well, these are vintage and really nice. I'll have to charge you big bucks for these. 
as I know the guy pretty well and have dealt with him pretty much every week for the last year, I jokingly said he would probably charge me like 200 euros for this. And he said, well, minimum. He then turned around and gave me a 20 euro price tag for the lot and said to go pay at the counter. Frankly, I didn't know if I would be willing to sell the Crash Dummies Bash and Bomber red car, which was a toy I actually wanted as a kid, but never got. As I showed it to my fiance, I started playing with it like a kid. I finally realized I should sell it as too much stuff. It's just too much stuff lying around the apartment, but not enough good inventory is a bigger problem. I was surprised that these four lots didn't sit very long and finally collectively sold for 480 euros. Nice. As a Canadian living in France, I just love that euros have been have better value than the Canadian dollar, which means that my 480 euro sale is actually about 660 Canadian. Normally, I love the hunt, but in this case, I even got a bit of fun with these toys and finally made big profit on them. There it is. Thanks again, guys, for all the great contents you guys offer and your positivity. Wishing you and your families are well. This is Guillaume Baudouin signing off. Ciao for now. Man, so cool. It's cool, so cool to get a, a message from, you know, across the pond there. That's cool that we've got listeners from all over the world. Uh, but man, what a cool deal. And I love, I love when you can find something that is something from your childhood, something that you maybe oh, always wanted and, and you see them again uh, as an adult or, or something that maybe you had as a kid. Uh, it's it, That's one of the, the amazing things about reselling is you get to see so many things that most people either don't or haven't in so long. And so it's it's really cool. And uh, I love that that tactic of throwing a number out there that an outlandish number. Yeah. It just is like a, a as a joke. And and you could probably have even used that same strategy and gone really low. Like if you knew that this stuff could sell for a thousand, you could have said, you're probably going to charge me a hundred bucks for all this because then that lets him know, you know what I mean? Cause yeah, yeah. so, so that's a, that is actually a really good technique to use either way, either outlandish one direction uh, as like a joke, or you're almost setting an anchor price when you do that, because then they're like, well, if I charge the hundred, then that's kind of already charging a lot. So we might charge you less. So either way, what a cool strategy to use and uh, good for having a relationship with the person at the store definitely helps a lot. So I want to add a couple of things to this. So I did the conversion. So he paid 20 euros, which is $21 in American money because euros are worth more than dollars. And then he got 400 euros, which is $505. So that's 20 to $505. That's really good. Now, I don't know if you caught this, Mike, but he's willing to help us make a new maybe bowl or hustle a week sound with opera. Oh, I'd love it. I don't know how that'll go. Oh, it'd go great. But uh, it'd I, go. I, 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 yeah, I'm, we're we're interested. We're interested. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in, and thanks so much for listening, all the way over from France. And uh, yeah, and not, not we'll, only we'll, we'll contact you about making you know the new audio. Not only are we interested, but if you're watching on the YouTube right now, let them know in the comments below how great a an opera <laughs> something for Pure Hustle podcast would be. Uh, and then that way he feels the love. He sees the desire from the other listeners. And uh, and we have some cool, some cool uh, new sound effects. That'd be great. There you go. All right. Uh, so our next hustle of the week comes from Diane. And uh, it's an email. So I'm going to read the email. It says, first of all, thanks for uh, thanks you all for the great info and information or entertainment you provide on my favorite podcast. I've only been a reseller for three months and have listened to all of your podcasts from the first through the current. Wow. That's awesome. That's a lot of episodes. You know, I, I think about when, cause I've done that before, like I've binged entire like yeah. series and it's funny cause sometimes like 
some of them, like I remember doing this with the Dungeons and Dragons one where they would like do one every couple of weeks and then they would forget like, oh, what were we doing at this point? And I'm like, <laughs> I just listened to this an hour ago. How do you not remember? So you probably have uh, caught, you know, when we're like, we probably have talked about this in the past oh, yeah. and you're probably Some like, bolo that we said. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, I, I just listened to that like seven hours ago. Of course you talked about that in the past. So that's pretty funny. Um, so it, continuing the email. So I haven't been a record seller in the past, but do occasionally flip through the stack of vinyl for classic rock albums for your personal use. Uh, not often, though, because it literally gives me pain in the neck. That's funny. Uh, this particular day, I was in the store that shall not be named. Dun, dun, dun. On the opposite side of the store from the records. As I was walking past the dressing rooms, this lone, unusual looking record album laying on the top of the clothing rack caught my eye. Like a neon sign saying, hey, look at me. Took a quick look and never heard of the band, so almost just kept walking. But something made me pick it up and put it in my cart. Check comps and was thrilled at what I saw. Album sells, uh, album sell three for 99 cents is what they were selling for there. Uh, so I went and found two more albums. Listed this 33 cent Black Keys album on Saturday. Oh, Black Keys are awesome. I love that band. And I sold the all following their- Wednesday for $50 plus shipping. That's amazing. Uh, keep on being real, relevant, and reselling. And thanks again for what you do. Oh, thank you, Diane. I love that you were able to uh, to flip something that you don't normally flip. You know, that's always great when you can kind of jump into something new. Uh, and yeah, and the fact that it was just kind of laying in a spot that it it wasn't supposed to be at. I, a lot of my big finds have been like that. Yeah. Like, oh, wait, what is this doing here? And it's interesting because I was looking at Black Keys albums and all of them sell for good money. Part of it is they're, they're a, a, a relatively popular band. And vinyl, I mean, it was funny. I walked into Barnes & Noble the other day because I had a, a gift card from a student for, for Teachers Appreciation Week. And I walked into Barnes & Noble and I actually saw some of my former students who I had as high school students and they were in the record section of Barnes & Noble looking through records. Really? And I'm like, huh. these kids are like 21 maybe right now and they're looking at records. And so records have definitely, and this isn't like a new thing. Records have been back for, mm-hmm. you know, the last 10 years or so kids have gotten back into records. It's the like the cool hipster thing to do, but I could definitely Even see- Even hipster is an old word now. Yeah. So I could definitely see the fact that, you know, a band that's got a decent following, it's a good band and it's newer. Cause you know, some of the, the hipsters that are gonna be buying albums, some of them are gonna be going to the, uh, some older stuff that their parents and grandparents listen to. But a lot of them want to get the newer bands mm-hmm. that are, but it's vinyl. So uh, what a great sell. So, yeah. Thank you so much uh, for sharing. Now, this next one is from uh, Damien. Uh, this is a repeat uh, Hustle of the Week uh, individual. Uh, and I follow him on Instagram because I learned a lot from him. So he's on Instagram. He is a DMW buy, sell, trade. And, you know, the best is when somebody posts on their story and then days later they show the sale of that item that they source. So uh, they picked up at the flea market. Uh, they picked up a new and sealed Lego DC comics, 1989 Batmobile. So they listed it and it's sold. They paid 20 bucks at the flea market. And I always think there's no deals at flea markets. Mm. Like I always make the assumption that everybody knows what they're selling or that people are trying to get top dollar. I'm fine that that's not the case. Yeah. Right. So anyways, I uh, paid $20 for it and it's sold within a few days. This Lego, Batmobile from 1989 that was new sold within a few days for $425 plus ship. That's amazing. And I'm like, I need to get out there. So I was, I was talking with him over Instagram and you know, it's kind of one of those things in San Diego. We already have a lot of you that listen to us that are at the flea market. Uh, you guys always, it's funny because 
usually the 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 flea market guys like they'll comment on my Instagram or they'll make fun of me getting something incorrect, which I'm cool with. Like we're just cool like that. But uh, I don't know. I haven't been out like to Kobe Swami is the major one. There's also Spring Valley and there's a few ones in the San Diego area. So I'll be out there. Um, hopefully no one upcharges me because I do a, the podcast. But you know. Let's see. I, I I doubt you'll get recognized. You're not that famous. I'm not that famous. Yeah, but when you're in a reseller place, yeah, like people recognize you. Maybe. Or I know we're not that famous, but you know, hey, I got stopped at Legoland. Okay. Hey, Legoland. That's when you know you made it. <laughs> he can't even go to amusement. No, park actually, at Disney too. At Disney, no, no, I know, but it's funny because, yeah, you, I, I'm, I'm a nobody, but it, you know, randomly you have people that are like, oh, I listen to your podcast, like, oh, wow, I didn't know that it went out. Okay. All right. Uh, All right. Our next one is from Melissa. IG uh, handle is at Melissa O0410. Long time listener. Yeah. We love uh, having Melissa as a, as a follower of the podcast, you know, always active on our, our YouTubes and things. Uh, so picked up an a NEC Turbo Express handheld game system, Turbo Graphics 16. Picked it up for $10 at the store that shall not be named. It was a non-working model. Oh, that's got to be heartbreaking. But it's still sold for $360 plus shipping on Mercari. Man, don't sleep on Mercari. That's a good sale. Uh, I didn't. I don't even know if I know what that system is. I need to look that up. I, that's all. I want NEC I'm kind of familiar with, but no, I've, I never, never came across any, any device like that. So that's what I love about Hustle of the Week. Uh, not only are they Hustle of the Week, but they're bolos. Yeah, they, they, right? they could be bolos for so, sure. Melissa, thank you for sharing. Uh, she actually had some other stuff too, uh, but you know, don't want to give out all the goods, right? Uh, but uh, Melissa, thank you so much for your support and uh, for always tuning in. So, all right, what is yours? Uh, so mine is kind of just like a steady Eddie one. Uh, I bought one of actually my biggest YouTube videos that I posted. Uh, my wife and I bought a Macy's shelfable box. Uh, we need to potentially do another one. It was actually a lot of work listing all of those. Uh, and we kind of used it when we first got into Poshmark. We wanted to populate our Poshmark store. Mm. And so the average cost per item was about $5. Well, the nice thing was we got into the profit within the first year of buying that. And that was probably three years ago or so that we bought that. I don't know, maybe a little longer. I'd have to look at the YouTube video. And we were in profit. We broke even, got into the profit. And the nice thing is those sales just keep coming. And so it's really nice because we can pretty much take any offer that comes on them. So we list a lot of them for, you know, 25 bucks, 30 bucks per item. And we get a $18 offer, or a $25 offer, or a $20 offer. And it's no problem accepting the offer because we're already so far in the profit on them. Uh, the items were all listed pretty much at one time. They're all in one tote. So they're easy to find. And it's just every time one comes in, it's just a reminder of a little bit of work three years ago and it's still just paying off every every so often we're getting more money from it and it's just a steady trickle and it, it makes me think maybe i need to give this another try and do something like a, a shelf pull box or a return box uh, let us know in the comments below if you've done you know amazon returns or some kind of thing like that we have some people who i know who do auctions to get things like uh, we're, people are talking in the discord about um uh, baby registry packs and things like that. So uh, if you've done something like that and, and bought in bulk on something, and maybe it's not, if you're like full-time and that's your deal, obviously don't give away your secrets. But if you've had some success doing that, let us know because uh, that might be one of those things where we talked about there's not enough inventory. Well, 
there's definitely buying in bulk can be an option, buying pallets or even boxes because we didn't want to buy a full pallet. So we just bought a big, large box with a hundred plus items and it's been very profitable. Yeah. And I remember that. So it's nice to see sales coming through. And keep right. on, keep on trickling in. All right. So mine actually brought some of my hustle of the week onto the podcast. Oh man. So you got to jump over to YouTube if you want to know what I'm talking about. So I think I mentioned this when I talked in the last update episode about going to garage sales and there's a guy that had a tote full of like trains and like everything in there, like for, and you know, he, we started with a negotiation of a hundred dollars and I got him down to 50 bucks. And I knew like some of the stuff was made, but I knew a lot of it was junk. So I was really comfortable with the $50 because, you know, $50 kind of, I can sift through some of the junk and I don't feel bad. I can at least make my money back on a few. But as I kept digging through, I began to realize how much was in this though. And it's interesting. So one thing I, I have mentioned before is like, I, I love selling, selling model trains because not only, you know, is there a huge collectible market and a lot of the people that follow me on eBay uh, are looking for my train pieces. Uh, you can actually sell like train parts, like car parts. You know how like you, you might buy, you might buy, you know, you might go and, and take apart a piece of like, you know, pieces from a BMW. So for example, I had a friend who he really knew his Beamers and he knew like cup holders were worth money. So he'd go to the junk lot and he'd take out all the cup holders and he'd sell them for like, you know, he paid like three, four bucks and he'd sell them for like 80 to hundred a piece. Right. And maybe I just gave away a bolo. And so here's an example of what I found in this. So I brought this. In. So these are a uh, vintage, uh, these are LGB trains. Okay. And you know, if you see this, like the whole back piece is missing. Uh, this th there's like there's something that's missing here. I mean, there's I don't know if, you, if people can see that. It's but pretty anyways, beat. It's pretty beat. Then there's this other one. Uh, it has like glitter. I don't know why there's glitter on the top. Maybe somebody was decorating on it. Uh, but this is also missing a back compartment. Uh, I mean, it's I don't even know what's missing. That's how bad it is. Yeah. Uh, and then there was like this random Hot Wheel trailer. And I'm like, this is kind of cool. Now I looked at the date. You can't see it on camera here, but it's from 1980. And I'm like, oh, this has to be worth money. Yeah. So these two pieces each sold for $35 plus ship. Remember, I paid 50 bucks for that tote. Now I've already made a, a little over $200 on, on a bunch of stuff on there. And I'm still not halfway through it. Okay. So, you know, this is going to be a major, uh, a major score by the time I'm done with it. This Hot Wheels trailer, I looked it up. Uh, it's about 50 bucks in the condition it's in. So, and I'll probably accept a lower offer. We'll see. Uh, but uh, anyways, uh, don't be afraid to go out there. Something just came off of something, but I'm not worried about it because I'm selling it for parts. One of the trains. Was it one of the trains? We're just going to throw it on here. All right. Well, it's for parts. So, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, so anyways, uh, you know, just be aware, like sometimes you can sell like vintage toys, even the parts for money. And so that is my hustle of the week. That's good. All right. Before we move on, uh, another great item that I love using and it's allowed me to continue on reselling. It's my skull shaver. Yeah. You gotta and, be presentable. You do. You do. And, and it's, you know, it's been a great tool because here, here's the thing. There is nothing worse than a guy who has a massive goatee, but an unkept head. Nothing worse. No, not, nothing worse. Nothing worse. Nothing. I'm going to be like our former president. Like the only thing the, worse the, than that is there's hyperbole. nothing worse. This is the greatest or I'm the most honest person ever. The only thing, <laughs> the only thing that comes close to that as bad as that is hyperbole. Hyperbole is 
is the second worst thing in the whole world. All right. So anyways, <laughs> I get what you're doing there. So, you know, it's been awesome because it's allowed me to keep that clean cut, even on those days that, you know, they've been a long day. And when you use razors, you got to be awake. And and I, I, you know, I use a skull shaver in the morning when I'm barely awake and, you know, I don't get cut. All right. I'm still okay. But man, when I used to shave with the razor, sometimes you're in a hurry and mm. man, you look like you've been in, in, in a knife fight with somebody. Yeah. It's not good. So anyways, go to skullshaver.com, use our promo code hustle with a capital H, get that deal and uh, get that smooth bald head. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about the last few here. Okay. So too much competitions of a real fear that people have. They're like, it's already been done. Reselling's happened. Everybody knows about clothes. Everybody knows about toys. Everybody knows about video games. Everybody knows about this and knows about that. But people are still making money in all of those avenues. Why? Because they've learned. They've learned certain niches. They've learned what kind of clothing. They learned, you know, I've learned a lot about trains. I, I've never in my entire life had a model train until I started reselling. And now I know what to look for. So are there a lot of trains being listed? Sure, there are tons of trains, but I know which trains are going to sell well, right? So with a, with a bunch of competition, you can still make it. And on top of that, if you have better pictures, better shipping, you know, better metrics, better feedback, you know, you're a top rated seller, all those things are going to allow you to have the greater advantage and beat that competition. That's good. Do you think it's too saturated? Any uh, field? There are probably fields that you're not going to be able to break into um, or at least break into and be as profitable. But as far as reselling in general, you're going to find a field. You're going to find a niche. You're going to find somewhere you can make money. Uh, and even if it is oversaturated for a time, people fall off. People don't stay reselling forever. Uh, that's one of the things is, aren't you afraid you're creating your own competition by doing this podcast? Not really, because... The Discord is a good example. There's people who sell so many things that that I know I'll never sell. And so they're not my competition. Mm-hmm. And and the many other people, they hear about it, they get excited about it, and then they fall off. So yeah, I'm definitely not worried about that. Uh, another thing that, that people often fear is having to pay taxes. And again, it goes back to that fallacy uh, we kind of talked about earlier with returns of, well, what if, my, what if my returns go up? Well, if your returns go up, but proportionately your sales go up, significantly more, then an increase in returns doesn't actually negatively hurt you at all. It actually, you're, you're still in the net positive. And the same thing is true with taxes. You might get stuck uh, paying more in taxes than you've ever had to pay. But if your income has doubled from reselling, that's not a bad thing. If you used to say, well, I used to you know get a $2,000 tax return every year, and now I'm only getting... Uh, I don't get any tax return or I have to pay $500 after all is said and done after I get my child credits and all of that. All right. So you had to pay $500 used to get 2000. So you're, you're negative $2,500. You made an extra $30,000 this year. You know, yeah, when you no, really start to think about it and there's always, you can mark tons of things off. You can, well, that write, was a, that's what I wanted to add. Yeah. You can like write the, the deductions are insane. Yeah. You can, you can deduct so many things as long as you're doing your taxes, right. You're going to be not able, tax advice. Yeah. You're going to be able to deduct so many things. So, but, but even still like being worried about going into a higher tax bracket and having to pay a little bit more money. It, it's like saying, you know, I don't, I don't want to uh, get a raise at work because then you know, my, I'm going to have to contribute more to my retirement. 
And it's like, well, you know, it's not a bad thing. You're making more money. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, as long as you're making more money in the end, then paying a little bit in taxes isn't the end of the world. And the more savvy you get with business, you're actually potentially going to be able to save on taxes if you do things right. So uh, don't let that be something to stop you. I get the whole like, oh, $600 or if, if you used to sell under a certain amount, you didn't have to claim taxes. All right. So it might have been a bummer if you were going around back ways and you weren't necessarily claiming everything. And then now all of a sudden you have to claim it. But if you're making more, if you were to say, what would you rather have? Just do it that way. Would you rather have all of the extra money you've made from reselling? Or would you rather not have any of that money, but not have to pay the taxes? Once you really think about it like that, it's a no brainer. No, agreed. Agreed. Now, the other thing that a lot of people are fear when they're just thinking about recently is like, I might end up buying a lot of junk with the kind of resources that are available now, just checking up solds. And not only that, like on eBay, if you have a store, I think even it's available to people that don't have storage, I could be wrong. Uh, you have this thing called Terapeak, which tells you when things sell at what time of the year for how much, how much shipping, whether you should try to sell it as new, like if you should look for new items or you should try to so use items. There is so much out there that the chances of you buying a lot of junk are pretty slim unless you try to do private label or you try to do, you know, something that's out there that that isn't, you know, the norm. Right. Don't go into a thrift store blind. Don't go into a garage sale blind. You have your phone and this phone gives you access to so much information uh, that it's going to be pretty tough to just buy a lot of junk. Don't get me wrong. I bought a lot of junk in the beginning. But the reason I bought junk is because I bought stuff I thought was cool and would sell, not because I looked up comps. So as long as you're looking up comps and make sure you check sell through rate. So that means you're making sure that the item that you're picking up, that there's a lot more sold than there is listed. That generally gives you a sign of like, hey, this is a pretty good item. Even if it's 50-50, that gives you a signal that, hey, this might be an item I want to pick up. So buying a lot of junk, it's kind of unreal fear, especially with all the technology available to us now. Yeah. Another one is the fear of fees, whether it's Feebay or having to pay money on Amazon to send your stuff into FBA or whatever fee you have to pay for whatever program you're using. Every platform has some kind of a fee structure unless you're selling locally. But the reality is, sure, you of the, the total sale, you're going to have shipping. You may have had them pay. You may owe a little bit on shipping. There's going to be some fees. You're going to have to pay for an eBay store. You might have to pay to have your Amazon account. However, it's opening up the door for you to, again, make so much more profit. It's easy to complain about those fees, but if you consider that as that's the cost of your overhead, it's actually relatively low. And I could say uh, there's big items that I don't want to deal with shipping, plus I want to keep some of the money and not pay fees. So I sell locally because I know it'll sell locally. I know my local market. However, if I were to just take my entire eBay store and put it on offer up, sure, I might be able to sell... 10% of it for the price that I want to get. Yeah. But the rest of it is either not going to sell or I'm going to have to do way lower prices. And so it would have been better to sell it on eBay and pay the fee, even if it's, you know, kind of high once you consider everything, than to try and sell it locally and it either never sell or sell it for 30% less than I could sell it for on eBay because I'm not paying 30% in fees on eBay. So the fees stink, but it's the cost of doing business. And as long as you're keeping track and you're actually making sure you're making net profit on each item. So what if you have to pay 10, 12, 13% fees, 
Is that ideal? Would you be happy if you had to pay 0% fees? Absolutely. But all things considered, again, would you rather have the money minus 10% or not have any of the money at all? Agree. Agree. All right. And our final one here. And this is one that always happens. It cycles through on, on YouTube. It's that reselling is dying. And that is absolutely false. Now, do you have to pivot? Do you have to adapt? Yes. Right. I always give the example of Tommy Bahama. Tommy Bahama was a hot seller. I remember selling them for 50 bucks. I remember selling some shirts for 80 bucks. Now, unless it's like embroidered or new with tags or something special about it, not going to get that money. Okay. A lot of shoe brands that were good money and not the same. Okay. And so, yes, do certain brands die? They do. Right. But overall reselling, it's still moneymaker. There's as long as there's people that create demand for a product, there will always be reselling. Right. Whether that be a product that people want just because of nostalgia, whether that's a project, uh, a product that they want because of a need, there still will be an avenue for resellers to come in and fill the gaps and provide those items for individuals that are seeking them. You could almost call it recycling. We're professional recyclers. <laughs> isn't, isn't there another, isn't there a reselling word for that? Upcycling. Is it up? Ups- no, no. Upcycling is, is Yeah. When you like, when you take something you old and you, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, there's, there's a, no, there's a R word. Anyways, is there? Let, let's let's know in the comment what the R word is we that Orlando's looking for. We've talked about it so many times. So listen, reselling has been around from the beginning of time. Right. And so again, I, I think the whole time of COVID, I always, that to me is the ultimate, I don't know, like that was telling I remember, remember, we've talked about it so many times. I, I'll never forget when we went into lockdown for two weeks and I thought, I'm done. Like, I'm going to have to quit reselling. No one's going to want to buy. And sure enough, it was the greatest year. Now, there's a lot of things that played into that. But everybody we've talked to in interviews that even during recessions, uh, reselling is still a major way to make money. So yeah. with that being said... Keep reselling alive and make sure to be real, be relevant, and be reselling. Blades. Peace.